Welcome to the Social Pros Podcast, the content marketing awards winner for best marketing podcast. This is where we shine the spotlight on real people doing real work in social media and learn the social secrets of the world's most interesting brands. Social Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, social media strategy advisors and counselors to leading brands and organizations worldwide. Convince and Convert makes your social better. Emma, which provides innovative email marketing tools that drive brilliant results. Salesforce Marketing Cloud, inspiring one-to-one connections with your customers with integrated solutions for social, mobile, email, web, and advertising. And by Yext, the global location data management center helping companies of all sizes manage their business listings across their website, apps, and 100 plus publishers, including Google, Apple Maps, Facebook, Bing, and Yahoo. Your Social Pros co-hosts are Adam Brown from Salesforce Marketing Cloud and Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. Ready? Let's get to work. Welcome, everybody, to Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. We have found some real people. I am, in fact, Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, joined, as always, by the executive strategist for Salesforce Marketing Cloud, hailing from the great city of Austin, Texas, formerly a Tennessee volunteer. He is my special friend, the one, the only, Mr. Adam Brown. Jay, it is great to be here. You know, as we speak, it is South by Southwest season here in the great city of Austin, Texas. And uh, we are we are ready, willing, and able. Uh, we've got the, the president and... Uh, First Lady, both speaking at South by this year, so it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting, and traffic is going to be a bitch. I can't even imagine. I wonder if they have to stay out in some crappy place by the airport, <laughs> yeah. or if, yeah, they've got a, a, if they've got a better room. Maybe they're probably at the Driscoll. They get hooked up because you know. Yeah, well, certainly, yeah, they're, 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 they wish you know they could do the, the the Hyatt properties, but they're probably at the Red Roof End, you know, out by I thirty five. Yeah, yeah. probably Airbnb yeah. be my guess because they came in late, yeah. so. Yeah. Well, I will not be there again. Uh, as always, the South by Southwest extravaganza is uh, during the spring break for my kids. And so I stopped going a couple of years ago because I'm gone, you know, 48 weeks a year uh, on the road giving speeches. And I thought, you know, I'm going to try to maybe not do this during spring break. So I will once again miss the festivities, which makes me sad. Uh, Lauren Teague from uh, Convince and Convert, uh, one of our strategists, formerly head of social in the PGA Tour and formerly a guest on this show, will be there uh, holding down the Convince and Convert for it. So hopefully you'll get a chance to hook up with her down there. Absolutely. It'll be so great to see Lauren. And, and I, I'm proud of you, Jay. I mean, I think that says a whole lot about you and, and your culture at Convince and Convert, that you know, priorities, the family, you know, that is why we are here. We are here for our family. We are here for our friends. We're here to travel. We're here to see the world. We're here to do lots of other things, including. I'm mostly just here media. to sell books. Yeah, and, oh, I'm mostly yeah, just here and, and, and the books. Essentially, really, with the, the business that I'm in, uh, and have sold a lot of books. The book is officially out now. As we're recording this, the the big hug your haters book is actually available finally uh, in all the places and ways that books are available. So excited about that! Thanks to many of you uh, listening to social pros who've come up to me and told me that you bought the book and support the book. So thanks very much. It launched very very strong. Uh, and I really appreciate everybody. That is just great. Congratulations on another great launch. Thank you. 
Thank you. So we have uh, an extraordinary guest on the program today who, who I'm sure will work on some, some POTUS and FLOTUS accommodations uh, for South by Southwest. He is the Director of Social Strategy and Activation Worldwide for Hyatt. He is Mr. Dan Moriarty, who is also the co-host of an extraordinary uh, podcast called Focus on Customer Service, which you definitely need to listen to if you like social pros. And obviously you do. You wouldn't be listening to my voice right now. You should listen to FOCSU love it. Dan, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Jay. Thanks for having me, Adam. How are you guys? I'm living the dream. I don't know. Adam's probably fair, but I'm I, am, I am living the dream as well. It is, it is a fantastic day here in Austin. And, and by the way, guys, I should say I have, I have spent my morning working on uh, accommodation for Obama and Michelle um, at the Driscoll, which actually is a Hyatt property. I don't know if everyone knew is that. Is that right? No way. And it, oh, you know what it is? I did know that because I, I want to ask you about that question. You guys just rolled out uh, this new brand called the Unbound Collection, yep. uh, which which the Driscoll is part of that. The Driscoll is one of the founding hotels of the Unbound Collection. It's uh, what we call a soft brand. So it's uh, properties like the Driscoll that are just, you know, absolutely, you, you can't change their name, their legacies uh, yeah. in, in the towns or the cities they're in. Um, and we wanted to have the ability to have them be you know, part of a branded family within our, our portfolio of hotels. And so we've launched um, the Driscoll and a couple of other hotels just this week um, as a brand new brand inside our family. So we'll get into some of the, the the baseline stuff about how your team operates in a minute. But since we're talking about this, what's the play for you in social when you roll out a whole new collection of hotels? That's a pretty big deal. That doesn't happen very often. So from a strategic standpoint, what what are you thinking there? What What is social's role in that kind of a launch, that kind of a rollout? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I will say, thankfully, it doesn't happen very often because uh, a lot of work, <laughs> as you guys can imagine. Um, I mean, the, the, so the way, I mean, really, it's, a, it's probably a twofold answer. You know, the, the, the first part that we're really all about, um, you know, in, in the business that we're in, we really have to, um, you know, with, with social, you have to help bring a brand to life before it's really fully ready. You know, if you think of a hotel brand, you need a certain distribution of number of hotels to really make it incredibly relevant for consumers. Um, so, you know, short term while we're looking at, I think we've got four hotels in this new brand, but only three of them, uh, open currently. And that's not a huge global footprint. I think there's one in Uruguay, one in the U S and one in Paris. And so for the time being, it's really just about explaining what the brand is, especially because it's a soft brand, which is very different from Mm -hmm. other brands where there'll be a lot of consistency between them. Um, you know, once you get through the launch, um, really what it's about for us is, you know, a lot of people talk about staying at the Hyatt and forget that we actually have um, 10 or 11 brands now within our family, um, all of which are very unique in terms of the, the segmentation they're created for, the, the uh, demand spaces that they occupy, why you would stay there. And so for each of the brands, you know, social, from a traditional marketing perspective, fills the role of, of really talking to that psychographic of guest, really explaining what the difference is in, inside the hotel. So to, to make that sound real for the Unbound Collection, one of the things that the Unbound Collection is going to be about, all of the hotels, and if we take the Driscoll as, as the first example, because it is one of the best examples, all of the Unbound Collection hotels are going to give our guests this sense of social currency. It's going to be um, this cool facts about the hotel, the location, the building itself that you can actually talk about as part of your experience. Um, so, for example, the Driscoll was once owned by a famous cattle herder in Texas who actually lost the hotel in a game of poker. Um, the hotel is supposedly haunted. There's ghost tours that go around the Driscoll. So there's all these cool stories that surround the hotels. And so for social, our challenge is really how do you bring that to life? So it's not just 
hey, look, here's a hotel with a bed and a check-in desk. And hey, here's another hotel with a bed and a check-in desk. It's one of those kind of intangible, intangible elements of the hotel experience that we can help bring to life. Um, so across the you know different brands that we have, each of them is trying to really kind of prize them apart and help explain what the brand really stands for and help set our guests' expectations when they come to stay with us as well. Is there a hyper-local play for you in, in that type of a very tight collection where you, you don't have very many hotels? Is there sort of a beacons or geofencing or, or, or that si- kind of a mobile social interplay? Is, is that part of the strategy there eventually? Uh, so not yet. So obviously, this is where hotels get funny because we get asked a lot about the local piece. Uh, but obviously, it's only local when you're there. Um, you know, For yeah. us, it's really it's about understanding, again, that, that psychographic of the guest. That's really what we focus on. Um, we don't really do demographics. You know, our, our hotels really aren't built for certain age groups. Um, it's really about, um, again, again, the psychographics, the emotional preferences. Yeah, the sort of lifestyle slicing. Yeah, and, and the best way I can explain it, so we've got a brand called uh, Andaz, which is, uh, we call it for the creative class. It's a very kind of creative uh, type hotel. And one of the key tenants that the segmentation for that hotel likes is the idea of being barrier free and, and, and kind of like having a hotel experience being like checking into a friend's house. And so there's little things in that hotel, like none of the staff wear name badges because name badges imply a certain, um, you work here, I'm a guest versus in an Andaz where everyone dresses very casually. No one's wearing name badges. Um, the, lobby is actually called a lounge the the first part of the check-in experience is being offered a drink and so it's really all designed to be like going to a friend's house or and, and having a much more peer-to-peer relationship versus say another brand where there is that expectation from the psychographic of a certain level of, of more white glove type of service and so you know whether it's uh digital or the actual experience all of our brands are trying to come to life in different ways and so for social again from a traditional marketing perspective it's really all just about bringing that to life because you have the the 11 brands in the portfolio, in terms of your team from a digital and social perspective, do you have team members assigned to each brand? I mean, do you have, do you have a, a brand team for, for, for Instagram for each channel, for example, or do you have, have functional specialists who say, look, we do Twitter across all the brands? You know, what, what is sort of the three-dimensional chess there uh, on the team structure versus the brand structure? Yeah, for sure. So we... Um so we obviously we obviously have brand teams here in here in Chicago in our corporate office who are responsible for the individual brands globally. I then have a social team uh, that we divide into roughly or not not to roughly into exactly three pots. We have what's called our social brand team who are really focused on bringing the brands to life, working with our agency partners and our brand managers. Uh, so we have three of them who are divided across the brands. Um, we have what we call our guest team. Um, as you know, we're, we're big into uh, social customer care and kind of how that adds value to our brands. So that kind of sits within that that guest role, um, along with increasingly looking at, um, you know, when you guys travel, I'm sure you do it, you're, you're Snapchatting, you're Instagramming, you're sharing the amazing room or the amazing view outside the window. So the, the guest team are really challenged with how are we as a business getting business value from what our guests are doing on socials, whether that's improving their stays through social customer care or looking at how we use user-generated content to improve conversion rates on Hyatt.com. That kind of fits within that guest bucket. And then the third chunk of our team is uh, what we call our guest and sorry, our colleague and hotel bucket. So that's the idea that we have 
about 650 hotels now. Uh, we have about 95,000 colleagues globally. Um, all of the hotels, most of our colleagues have a social presence of some sort. And so that, that third group of our team is really figuring out how do we make sure we're getting business value from those. So that the guest and uh, hotel and colleague teams don't break out by brand necessarily, but work really closely with our brand social team on making sure that the individual brand uh, social ideas are coming to life from the hotel perspective as well. Yeah. And, and I find in your particular business, because you have so many different brands, sometimes the customer, the guest doesn't quite understand that whole striation. And, and when they're in a care scenario, they're just sort of going for whatever Twitter handle they can find first. I remember talking to uh, Vanessa San Diegas when she was uh, head of social strategy for Hilton Worldwide about these issues on this show at one point. This is probably two or three years ago where, where it was like, okay, they're, they're just going to they're just going to tweet for help and they're not necessarily going to look for the right hotel, a Twitter handle or even the right brand handle. In some cases, they're just going to shout to whoever they can find. And then it's sort of your responsibility your team's responsibility in the back end to sort of route that question to the appropriate hotel team. That's got to be logistically really challenging on the back end. Um, so I, I, I would say yes and no. Um, you know, it's def- definitely challenging in the sense that you need to spend a lot of time up front um, figuring out the, the, range of words you need to be searching for, the number of uh, geolocations and Instagram you need to be bringing into your social care technologies. Um, but we have, a um, obviously, as all hotels, we have a loyalty program, Hyatt Gold Passport, um, and a reflection of master brand that comes through there. And so we really view yeah. care uh, as a central um, uh, technology function, if you will. Um, and that's because when we have Hyatt Gold Passport members traveling between our different brands, which we know they do based on different stay occasions, we don't want them to be having to remember which Twitter handle to go to or which, you know, where they have to go to find care. We'll actually service them anywhere. Um, and that's, by the way, the same. If they go through an Andaz, if they go through a branded handle, we'll respond to them from our care handles, but we make sure that that's all going through that kind of central team. Where the brand then plays a role is, obviously, if, if you're asking for, let's say you contact us and say you're traveling with your significant other, and it's your significant other's birthday and you're asking for a, you know, a surprise in, in the room, how that would come to life in a Hyatt place versus a Park Hyatt versus a Grand Hyatt, that's where the, the individual brand kind of segmentation would then come in and that the hotel would activate on, on a birthday very differently. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, and I've experienced that myself. I think the Hyatt uh, of, of all the brands does the best sort of shock and awe in, in room and the best kind of guest experiences in that regard. It's really quite remarkable uh, and very noticed by, uh, by by travelers who do it all the time like me. So well well done to that team for sure. Thank you. And well done for you for staying with the Hyatts. <laughs> You're quite welcome. <laughs> uh, so one of the things we definitely wanted to talk to you about, and, and uh, Adam's going to jump here in just a second, is is care and and in particular with my new book and adam's work in that area and obviously your work with your podcast dan i love the fact that that hyatt is unafraid to answer guest queries in whatever channel the guest chooses you do not force or shunt or require guests to contact you in the channels that perhaps might be more efficient or more convenient to hyatt you're more than willing to to meet customers on in whatever channel they choose uh, you're really active in facebook messenger you're getting more active in whatsapp so i'd love for you to talk a little bit about how and why you colonize these new environments for social care uh, how, how you staff them uh, and then sort of how you look at them in, in the overall sort of pie of the, of the care that you're doing for, for guests. 
Absolutely. Um, so I, I think to answer that question, we kind of have to take a step backwards or upwards, if you will, and um, understand kind of a bit about our business, um, which is why it's so easy for us to move into these new digital spaces. Um, you know, like many businesses right now, uh, we've we've rallied behind the idea of a higher purpose and you know, being more than just a hotel brand. You know, what do we stand for? Um, what is it that makes you know both our colleagues' lives, but our guests' lives better as well? And for us, the thing we've identified is um, that it's all about caring for people so they can be at their best. If you think about when you travel, you very, very, very rarely travel for no purpose. You know, even, even if you're traveling with no agenda or itinerary, you're traveling to get away. You're traveling to, to you know, uh, revitalize yourself. And a hotel really does play a vital part in, in kind of allowing you to be your best. If you're not getting a good night's sleep, if you're not having a good check-in experience, if the food and beverage isn't what you want it to be, that can actually have a real impact on whatever you're there for. I'm sure you've all had experiences, not with Hyatt's, of course, where you've been traveling for business and you haven't got a good night's sleep. And, you know, the next day you have to be on your game, but you're on about three hours sleep. Um, and so we, we have this idea of you know, how we really differentiate our brand, how we stand out um, from our competitive sets and, you know, how we increasingly win in an um, increasingly fragmented, um, you know, stay-based uh, environment is by being the brand that, Every time you stay with us, you just feel incredibly cared for, even though we, we won't necessarily use the word care uh, publicly. Um, and so for us, when we think about social care and, and social customer care specifically, it's a very easy and obvious extension of that. So anytime something like Messenger, something like WhatsApp starts to pop with our, with our guests, um, it just makes a ton of sense for us to open, open those channels up as a communication channel a, because we want to find ways to better care for them, and B, because I think you feel really cared for when you get to engage with a brand the way that you want to engage and the way that works for your lifestyle. Um, so, you know, for example, Messenger, I love Messenger. It's probably, I mean, like many other people now, you know, I'm spending more time in Messenger than I am in Facebook. Um, yeah. Talking to, I mean, pretty much my, my 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 recreational soccer team that I play, and we organise who's coming and who's not coming to games through Messenger. Um, I've actually got a, two couple of chats going right now with, with friends going down to South by next weekend. So we're already kind of planning where we're going to meet up, where we're going to go. Messenger's become this 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 life hub for me. It, it's almost replacing email when it comes to planning. Um, and so when there's an opportunity for us to insert our brand there and, and give it a try. It just makes a ton of sense, um, and, it, and it's a very easy sell internally because we've already got the investment in technology. We've already invade, made the investment in our people uh, to make sure that we can service these channels. And there's 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 only incremental increases if there's no volume. So for us, it's all about jumping into the platform, knowing that there's no incremental technology cost, and there's maybe a small incremental training cost for the team. Um, and then you just kind of see what happens. You know, you, we we launch Messenger. And then you take a step back and you say, all right, hey, we've launched it. Does anyone actually want to talk to us? And are we finding that the conversations that we're having are enabling us to significantly better care for our guests? And the great news about Messenger so far is, um, I mean, without any real new integration points with regards to how you could open Messenger conversations with us, we've seen volumes increase between 10 to 15 fold, depending on the month. Um, and we've seen amazing conversations happening there. Everything from one of my favorite was was someone who just got off the plane. I think they were in Germany somewhere. Um, and they literally said, hey, it's colder than I thought it would be. I'm going to be at your hotel in a couple of hours. Can you make sure there's a warm winter blanket waiting, waiting for me on the bed? 
the team's able to call the hotel, get that warm winter blanket waiting for them. The the other interesting thing that we're seeing through Messenger right now uh, that we haven't necessarily seen historically is people actually using it for bookings as well. So we've got some guests who have realized that they can literally send us a message uh, that says, hey, I'm going to Chicago on business next week. I'm going to be working at this address and giving us a specific address. I need you to book the nearest Hyatt for me. Here's my Hyatt Gold Passport number. Please send me a confirmation email when done. And once we've got that Hyatt Gold Passport uh, number, if they've got a credit card saved to their profile, that's all we need. We can make a booking just with that information. And we're increasingly seeing people are using it not just not you know I'm not just excited about that because it's obviously driving bookings for us. I'm excited about that because I think that's a way to show an incredible level of care for our guests. If they're if they're on the run, if they're busy, if they know they need to get this stuff booked, rather than making them go to our website and figure out which of our hotels is closest to that address, let's just do it for them. Um, and so you know, as, as we look at platforms like Messenger, it's always for us about let's open it up. Let's tell some people that we're there in a very soft way. You know, we don't spend any money. We don't really actively promote it. We just kind of softly promote it, if you will. Um, and then step back and kind of see what's happening. And, and, and with Messenger, for sure, uh, we're seeing a huge demand to want to have conversations with us there. I mean, Dan, it's amazing to see kind of just how the entire transformation of, of social, as you said, social customer care is in, in so many instances about a better customer experience. And for the business, it's a cost avoidance play. But in that example you just gave, it's about revenue generation as well. And, and perhaps that's a, a, a revenue generation that would have, wouldn't have happened if that person had had to kind of, you know, they were on the road, they, they, were, they, were, they were trying to do something. They didn't have time to go to Hyatt.com and actually find that information themselves. So I think that's, that's fascinating. Yeah. And I'm, I, I don't know if the way we've, we've been talking about it internally, I don't know for sure how much of it's incremental. You know, I think when they're a gold passport member and they're giving us a booking like that, I, I think it's much more about convenience, but the way we kind of talk about that is it, it's a direct booking, you know, it's not going through an OTA. They're not, they're not getting to the point where they're looking at review sites and giving us a chance to miss out on getting that direct booking. Um, so it, while the incremental questions up in the air, there's no doubt for me that we're, we're adding an amazing service that not all of our competitors are able to do at this point. Um, which is definitely from a loyalty perspective, I I can imagine is doing nothing but good things for us. And And obviously they are incremental. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And actually, the, the VIP and your and your and your gold passport program is something I want to talk about in a second. But but you also brought up something that I think is really interesting and probably relevant to a lot of people who listen to, to social pros. Almost any business is going to have kind of different levels or different tiers. I mean, if you're General Motors, you've got Chevy, you've got Cadillac. Uh, you know, if you're Toyota, you've got the Toyota, the Scion brands, and of course Lexus. And as you mentioned, kind of in the open, you've got 650 properties and 10 or 11 different brands. You know, going from your five star and five star plus properties, which you know, like the like Park Hyatt and the Grand Hyatt. By the way, I think the Grand Hyatt at Union Square in San Francisco is is the the best property in that entire city. I just absolutely, absolutely love it for so many different reasons. And you've got you know your kind of business class hotels uh, like like Park Place. I'm sorry, not Park Place, but uh, Hyatt, Hyatt Place. Place. Hyatt Place, and you know, fantastic places too. I say them all all the time. My question is, you know, when you walk into a Grand Hyatt and you've got a bell captain, you've got a concierge, you've got you know a half a dozen people behind the the front desk very attentive service. And of course, you're, you're paying, paying a premium for it. You're not going to have all those amenities at all of your properties. And you kind of, as a consumer, you, you expect that. Are we at the point where 
we begin to kind of handle and have different interactions with our customers in social based upon that. I, I want to talk a little bit about how certainly you're going to take care of your gold passport and your, your, your frequent uh, guests probably a slightly different, but even at the level of, of service that you would have in person, is that, is that coming over and showing an, you know, a, a similarity or correlation with, with social interactions? So, so the, the easy answer for that is yes and no. Um, it, it's, it's not coming across in the sense that we're not going to jump higher if you're at a park Hyatt rather than a higher place because you're paying a higher average daily rate. Like we, you know, with that, that isn't showing care for our guests. Where it is going to be differentiated, again, is, is that idea of what we can actually do. So if you look at a Hyatt Place, for example, Hyatt Place doesn't have room service. And so if you're in your room and say, I'm hungry, Hyatt Concierge, can you help? In a Hyatt Place, what we would say is, um, yes, there's uh, food available in the lobby 24-7. Yeah, please head down. There's some amazing snacks. If you're in a Park Hyatt, we might actually be able to help you order room service via Twitter. And so that's where... Well, we're, we're, our response is effectively consistent, right? We're not jumping higher for one than the other. Mm-hmm. We're naturally bound in the sense that our hotels are, are, are a physical experience. And what, what we can do inside those brands is different. So does that make sense? Like we're not prioritizing one over the other. We don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't prioritize hotels with higher ADRs for quicker responses. But what we can actually do, what, how, we, so how we can respond to that is different by what the brand's operational standards are. No, that makes complete sense. And, and that's expected. You have a consistent customer service kind of mantra that's part of brand Hyatt and the way that you execute it. So the what is the same, but it's the how that may be different, just certainly based upon the, the assets that you have at each particular property. Absolutely. Now, as it relates to your, your VIP travelers, uh, your guests who are, who are staying in your properties, you know, 40, 50, 60 times a, uh, a year, you have a wealth of information about it. And you mentioned some great things about, you know, let's say someone, for example, you know, prefers, you know, a, you know, a, a hypoallergenic pillow or something like that. I, you know, I'm, I'm guessing here that that information is probably captured somewhere. Are you beginning to kind of also look at your, your, your top tier travelers and guests in terms of the things that they like and they prefer um, as they talk about in, in social media? So if you kind of see that they seem to travel more to the Caribbean, you, you can make recommendations in that way. Or, or is that still something kind of aspirational that, 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 that the industry is, is looking at? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a little aspirational right now. Uh, what we do have, as you said, is um, you know for our for our loyalty members, um, we really have kind of evolved beyond the idea of a CMS, CRM into really identifying more than just like touch points and actually going down to preference information. So, knowing as you say, hyperallergenic pillows, things like that, you shouldn't have to ask for that. Once you ask for that once, we should know that. And whether you're staying in the same hotel or a different hotel in a different country in a different one of our brands. We should remember like certain preferences like that. And so that that connection is exists today. What we're currently working through is a more manual connection between our social uh, care efforts and that preference information. Right, right now, the agents have a, can have a manual ability to jump in there and, and get access to it. Um, but we haven't really automated that process. We want to get to the point where... If you're one of our top loyalty members, if we've matched your Twitter handle to your gold passport number because you've shared it with us once before, we want to be able to pull in straight into our customer care technology your last day, your next day, your preferences, 
So that if we want to do some kind of surprise and delight, we're doing it knowing you very well. There's obviously also, and I think this is kind of what you're getting at, there's also the flip side of that, which is there is certain information that exists in public spaces of social, which we could actually use as preference information. So actually, funnily enough, we were talking with our operations team a few days ago, and I was showing them some examples of tweets that we know have come from Gold Passport members. And one of them in their Twitter bio mentioned that they're a huge baseball fan. And Jay, in case you're wondering, it wasn't Dan Gingis. Um, and so our, our, one of our operations guys straight away was like, that's the stuff we want to know. Like, How can we pull that kind of soft preference information, if you will, into their profiles so that we're able to, if, you know, if, if we're talking to them, just knowing that they're a huge baseball fan, knowing that maybe there's a game in town that night that you might want to tell them about and tell them you can help get them tickets if, if you know if they're interested. There's so much uh, passive information that sits out there that we're definitely mentally working out how to connect in. Um, and it's something that's uh, definitely on my goals for the year to, to make that, that more hardwired programmatic connection between what we're seeing in social and what we have in our kind of operational gold passport database. You know, that, that, the, the, those uh, programmatic connections that you talk about, the preferences, are you finding that um, you know, one of the things that Jay and I often talk about on, on the show is you know, it's just the, the differences and distinctions of, of different demographic groups and how millennials and, and probably travelers who are on the, on the younger end of, of the Hyatt spectrum have different expectations. Um, and certainly we've seen this in, in almost every other, other industry. Are you seeing the same thing in the, in, the, in the hotel and lodging industry where younger travelers have different expectations? Maybe it's not about a bigger room. Maybe it's about a bigger screen you know, in the, on, the, on the TV. Or maybe it's a more about that Wi-Fi and having a, you know, a really screaming fast connection. Are, are you seeing those types of things um, as, as, as different travelers come into your properties? So for sure, um, what, what I will say, again, uh, we really don't segment by demographics. Um, I know millennials are obviously a huge focus for anyone who works in marketing. Um, but really what, what we talk about a lot here, and I know it sounds corny, but it really is true, is the idea of a millennial mindset. Um, I know a ton of people who don't fit in the demographics of a millennial, but definitely embody a lot of what millennials stand for. Um, and so again, it really comes down to that psychographic. Uh, but what we have is is brands that naturally skew towards more, more towards the psychographic of, say, a millennial audience. Um, so a great example for that would be we launched a brand last year called Hyatt Centric. Um, while it's it's not necessarily a millennial brand, a lot of what the brand stands for would really align quite nicely with what a millennial looks for. So we call it the you know the modern explorers. It's all about being a gateway into the cool, you know, undiscovered parts of the city. Like we're not recommending that you go to the famous restaurant that everyone knows. That the hotel's whole ethos is around getting you into the spots that are kind of really up and coming and and being the you know how you we always talk about everyone's got that friend that you go to when you need something. Like if you've got um say a date coming up and you want to go to a restaurant, there's always that go-to friend that you've got who you know is going to recommend a restaurant that maybe not everyone knows, but it's going to be good. Centric is really about stepping into that void. And to your point about the rooms aren't necessarily as big. You know, they, it's, there's, there's a differing set of expectations um, that we are seeing. But again, it, we, we much more align it with the psychographics that it's scalable versus just the demographic. 
Does that make sense, Adam? No, it, it does. It does. And I, I think you're right. You know, you know, demographics are, are one thing, but the mindset, I love, I love that concept. I, I like, I like that idea, but you know, I think, you know, the big, the big idea here is how, you know, again, reaching and interacting with your, your customers in, in different types of ways. One of the things, yeah. and Dan, that you, you mentioned that was really interesting to me is, you know, you said a, a subset of your team, you know, is really focused on working with those actually in the properties, uh, at the properties who are, who are interacting. And I, I think about that and I'm like, wow, that's great. You, wow. You could have, you know, half of me goes, wow, you could have, you know, that's great. Having 650 people kind of, you know, speaking in social media on behalf of the brand. And the other half of me goes, oh crap, 650 people speaking on half of the brand. So my question for you is how do you do that? And how do you kind of set up the appropriate governance um, if any, with with how those, those those folks who are in the field at the properties are interacting with guests, with prospects, uh, and, and and really you know being the brand uh, for Hyatt. Yeah, so um, I mean, you nailed it. It's it's an amazing opportunity. It's also um, something we have we have to keep a close eye on. I will say, um, as a culture, um, from from our CEO down, uh, we always kind of hear this. We really are, are not about process. We're not overly about governance. I mean, obviously, we have appropriate degrees of governance, um, but it's really about trusting our people, um, unleashing them, making sure they have the tools, the the education, the understanding, um, a, a sense of of the safe zones, if you will, and, and then really letting them run with it. So there's a lot that happens around education around the brands to the properties. There's a lot that happens around education around social. We um, invest in technologies for our hotels and for our colleagues to use to really give them um, that, that sense that it's okay for them to kind of go out and do these things that they have these cool ideas around. Um, we also uh, strongly believe in the carrot over the stick. Um, and so one of our big parts of our, of our role for my team is finding hotels that are doing stuff well and really holding them up as shining examples. Like if you see a hotel that's, that's stepped out and doing something different, rather than shutting it down, our first question is, okay, that's interesting. Is it working? If it's working, how do we scale it? If it's not working, how do we have the hotel share what they've learned with kind of their bigger audience and other hotels? Um, and we found doing that has actually been quite successful because it becomes a very... Um, a very friendly kind of conversation with hotels and a real sense that we're all on the same page and all kind of pulling in the same direction. And so we've done everything from, you know, we've, we've had global social training programs that isn't just bringing the marketing managers in. We've had a lot of our general managers of hotels who are, you know, the individuals ultimately responsible for running the hotels. We've had a ton of them come through social training where we, it's full day. We talk to them about, you know, what, what, what has changed in the world and what role has social played in that what business objectives do we think you can achieve through social? Um, and then we do a bit of, you know, we touch a bit on platforms, we touch a bit on process, on, on compliance and that stuff. But those are very small sections compared to really helping them fundamentally understand how has the world changed? How does hospitality need to react to that? And then making sure that they go away knowing that they at their local property really have the freedom within the guardrails of their brands to run at social and at their guests in the way that they deem relevant. Because obviously you have, you have individual hotels that are going to have varying competencies. You have the individual brands that, you know, in, in, a, in a Hyatt place, as you mentioned, that the staffing structure is much smaller than a park Hyatt. So, you know, finding the time, finding the bodies is much harder at the local level. But then you've also got um, 
country, country differences and kind of what's acceptable in, say, China versus India and Russia versus Korea. Not only is there different platforms, there's, there's often different expectations around how to engage with guests on those sorts of platforms. And so for us, it's really, it's about, it's about kind of painting the picture of what is possible and why we need to worry about social and making sure that they know, you know, we'll have their backs and we'll support them when we're here if they need anything, but that we really want them to go out and test stuff and, and see what's working and feed back into the system. And, and again, that, that approach, guys, um, our CEO says the same thing about check-in processes. Um, you know, we, mm. we really removed a lot of, um, you know, the, the, what we used to have historically of, you know, the 27-step process to check a guest in. We've, we've got rid of all of that because um, our CEO has said, like, if we want to care for people to be their best, you have to be more personal. You have to understand yeah. the guest that's standing in front of you might have just got off a 22-hour flight and doesn't want to go through your 27-step process. He wants the one-step process. They want yeah. the key, right? They want to get to their room. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that, well, I that think it's top to bottom. Yeah, it's, it's valuing humanity uh, over process and allowing and empowering employees to work off script. Uh, it, and I think it's incredibly important in care too, to say, look, we're not just going to copy and paste everybody because it's approved by legal that, that we're going to treat human beings as human beings in, in a human setting. Yep. Uh, incredibly important. And I think it, it pays dividends. It's fascinating what you said, Dan, about, about sort of social interactions with guests being interpreted differently globally. I'd love to love to talk about that just for a second. I mean, in, in the US and, and certainly within the marketing community, we tend to put on a pedestal, it was shock and awe. And and hey, somebody tweeted they needed a warm blanket and you gave them a warm blanket and that's awesome. And you know, you're doing a great job and that's a terrific customer experience. I suspect there's places in the world where if somebody used Twitter and said I want a blanket and you actually gave them a blanket, they would they A freak out and and B wouldn't necessarily be interpreted as a good thing, but perhaps as as a intrusive uh, uh, thing. Can you comment on some of those cultural differences? I think it's a really interesting topic that we haven't talked about too much here on the show. Yeah, for sure. So, um, and I think a great example would be what we were talking about earlier around um, connecting social profiles into um, our CRM databases. Um, there's certain countries, um, mostly actually uh, European countries, that that's not considered um, acceptable. And, and, and as you say, right now, in the US and in marketing, if you tweet a brand once and share your loyalty number, and then the next time you tweet something, it just happens. There's an understanding and, and an acceptance and almost a delight actually about that happening. That isn't necessarily the same everywhere. So, you know, luckily we have um, social media managers in Zurich, in India, and in China, as well as um, a whole bunch of, of digital and, and communications experts around the world that really help us understand uh, what those what those potential barriers are. Um, obviously, then where it gets challenging for us is, is you know being a global company that's based around travel is how do those expectations need to change? If and let's just make this up: if a German guest is traveling to the US, do you treat them the way that a German guest wants to be treated in Germany, or do you treat them a way that an American guest wants to be treated in the US? And then if an American guest goes to Germany, you can't necessarily apply the cultural trends of Germany to that engagement because they're an American guest. And so it's much more for us about just fascinating. have that understanding of what happens. And, you know, we're, we're, we're lucky in some sense that, that certainly Asia where, where obviously there's individual cultures, a lot of those, those, those strong individual cultures really come to life on local platforms. And so there's a more clearly 
differentiated expectations. Venue specific, yeah, as opposed to exactly. personal specific. So it's really kind of that Western Europe that that's not, and I wouldn't say it's a huge headache, but it's it's a conversation that we're having around how do we stay appropriate, not just against culture, but increasingly against um, law. If you look at what's happening in some countries in right. Europe, they're getting much stricter around digital data and kind of how those those dots are being connected. Um, and obviously, we have to be very cognizant of that. And, and we're lucky here to, to have a fantastic legal team that helps us with that. That's fantastic. You need the social listening software that not only includes the clout score, but the flag of the country of origin of the individual guest. Exactly. And, and protection of the country they're in at the, at the point at which they're, they're tweeting. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, it's amazing. It's a We're going to be cognizant of, uh, of paying some bills and acknowledge uh, the sponsors on this week's episode of Social Pros, named the 2015 Best Marketing Podcast. Actually, in Adam, uh, I just looked it up this morning. Last month, ladies and gentlemen, February, the all-time record for most downloads in a month of this podcast in the now fifth season. Fantastic. So we continue to scale new heights. Thank you to all of you for listening. Uh, mostly it's because of Adam and the amazing guests that we have on this program. Uh, this week, our sponsors include Salesforce Marketing Cloud, who have the good sense to employ Mr. Adam Brown. They have a free book called Hashtag Winning at Social, Four Steps to Enhance Your Social Media Strategy that talks about a lot of the same issues we're talking about here today, uh, how to uh, combine social customer care, social media marketing to deliver unbelievable one-to-one customer journeys in social across all organizational touch points. Grab it for free. Go to convinceandconvert.com slash 27. That's convinceandconvert.com slash 27. Also, for those of you who might be going to the big Salesforce Connections Conference uh, in May in Atlanta, Adam and I will be doing a special live edition of this podcast at Salesforce Connections. So that's going to be fun. Uh, Those of you who are going to be at Connections who listen to the show, look forward to that. Details forthcoming. Uh, Also this week, uh, sponsor of the program, our good friends at Yext. uh, Unbelievable company in terms of local data, local ratings and reviews, managing your brand across many, many local uh, touch points. They just rolled out some really exciting big news. They just added Google as part of their power listings network. So I think we know that if you've got a bunch of local uh, locations, uh, hotel is a perfect example. Uh, Hyatt has, you know, thousands and thousands of local locations and, and it impacts Google search. It impacts Google maps. It impacts Google plus it impacts uh, local reviews. Yex can help make all of that uh, way easier for you as well as what you're doing in local for Facebook, Apple maps, Bing, Yahoo, Yelp, everything else. So, you got to put an end to frustrating your customers when they're trying to find your data in mobile. Go to offers.yext.com slash socialpros1. That's offers.yext.com slash socialpros1. That's the number one uh, for a very, very special offer just for Social Pros listeners. You got to check this out. You are going to enjoy it. And last this week, but certainly not the least, uh, our great friends at Emma. Uh, we just switched over to the Emma platform at All Things Convince and Convert. Love those guys. Going to keynote their conference, uh, Marketing United, coming up soon as well. They've got an unbelievable free ebook that helps you figure out how to design the best calls to action. So, so if you were going to make a call to action form, for example, and you're like, hey, there's going to be a button, what should that button say? What color should it be? Should it be left or right? All these kind of small things that can impact conversion rate, they drilled down on that in a new ebook called Why We Click. The psychology behind a great call to action will help you make better forms, will help you make better emails. I used a lot of these principles in some of the emails I rolled out in conjunction with the Hug Your Haters book launch. 
go to myemma.com slash click. That's my Emma, E-M-M-A, myemma.com slash click. Thanks very much to this week's sponsors. We love each and every one of you. Dan, one thing I wanted to ask you about is your use of Snapchat at Hyatt. Uh, news just rolled out today that Snapchat has announced they're doing 8 billion monthly video views. Now, a video view on Snapchat is a little different than a video view on YouTube or maybe even a video view on Facebook, but there's no doubt that Snapchat is red hot right now and it's, it's, it's aging in the same way that Instagram aged, the same way that Twitter aged, the same way that Facebook aged as, as uh, adoption grows wider. Uh, what do you think the play is is for you on the Snapchat platform, both from a marketing context and is there a social care play on Snapchat? Yeah, um, agree with everything you said. Uh, Red Hot, watching it closely. Um, we've actually, we'll, I think the first hotel brand to try their GeoFilters product. Um, so for Hyatt Regency, we added the ability to add a filter when you were in one of our property locations um, that actually, again, was really tied into the psychographic of the hotel, which is all about it's good not to be home. You know, it's it's great being home, but when you're on the road, let's make the most of it. Let's really have a good time. And so we had a filter for each day that was really about bringing that day to life in a way that added some value there. Um, and we saw just an incredible adoption rate um, of people that were using the filters. I think it was something insane, like 20% of people that saw the geo filter added it to their snaps that they were sending out to their networks, um, wow. which effectively is a 20% click-through rate. And if you think of that from a yep. mad perspective, you would be dancing off the roof or on the, on the roof, maybe dancing off the roof. Um, so obviously that was, that was a very early test um, of kind of really seeing what we can do with it. And, and we're excited for that. Um, l- you know, longer term from a, from a brand marketing perspective, definitely got our eyes on it. Um, the challenge, obviously, for us is is our marketing team works in a corporate office. Um, our fans, if you will, our guests, don't really want to see our corporate office. They want to see our amazing hotels. And so we're trying to figure out, okay, how do we you know, bring the hotels to life without having someone on the road traveling all of the time? How can we get our colleagues involved? How can we get the hotels involved? What's the right brand to be doing this for? Um, from a care perspective, um, Super interested in it. We, we, we've talked about maybe trying something. I think that the, the problem is right now, um, and, and, I, and I love Snapchat, but it, it's it's not as easy for us to plug and play as, let's say, and I know it's very different from Messenger, but Messenger was very easy for us to integrate into our current offerings. You know, through well, the- at least there's an archive there too. If you handle somebody in Messenger, at least you know they were handled. You have a record of it. The problem with Snapchat is how do you roll it into a CRM system? Like, how do you even log the fact that you interacted with that person? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's at the moment there's no way, right? And um, you know, even if you think about, so we we have a team, and you know, I kind of mentioned with Messenger earlier, we have a technology that makes it very easy for us to roll incremental channels in. That won't include Snapchat, you know, unless Snapchat kind of makes some major changes. Um, and so we're thinking it might be something that we test at one point. Maybe you have a, I'm making this up on the spot, but maybe it's like an international Snapchat day and we try care from Snapchat for a day, um, you know, mm-hmm. very unscalable. But we just see, is there an appetite here? Do people want to use it this way? Is, is this the, the the native consumer behavior, which which obviously is another question we don't know if if guests want to use Snapchat for service yet at this point. Um, but there's no doubt that it is getting an increasing amount of attention. And, and one of the things I always like to do is, is when I'm in one of our hotels, um, and I'm sure you guys, you know, being social guys, probably do this as well when, when you're on the train, when you're on a plane, 
if you see people on their phones, you kind of sneak peek over their shoulder a little bit and you see what they're doing. Um, and I yeah. said about a year ago that the two things that I was seeing, um, basically, I, I, I'm, I'm maybe going to go as much as 50% of the time I'm doing this was Messenger or Snapchat, um, which, which you know, a year and a half, two years ago, you wouldn't have said that for either of those, no. that the two of them combined was about 50% of what you were seeing. And obviously that's, that's not uh, quantitative at all. That's purely qualitative of kind of, you know, me being a little bit nosy. Um, obviously we've got Messenger, not, not figured out, but we've got it integrated and we're working on it. Snapchat, something that very, very keen to do something with, um, but very keen to have it be genuinely value add versus gimmicky. And right yeah. now I feel like it's, it would be much easier to do something gimmicky. Um, like you've got a real, uh, go on. I was going to say, you've got a real opportunity, I think, on the marketing side because you have all these physical locations. I mean, one of the things that's difficult about Snapchat uh, is is audience acquisition, right? Is is it just doesn't it doesn't integrate with anything else? It's kind of tricky. But but you have you know however many hotel rooms, um, hundreds of thousands or something or millions, uh, and each of those you could put a Snapchat ghost code in every room uh in in some sort of um you know physically obvious way so that you're nudging people to follow you on those platforms uh that that is an an enormous opportunity that most brands don't have yeah uh for sure and i'd say that's that's obviously bigger than just snapchat there's there's lots of things we can do with that um what's important for us there is again coming back to the psychographics of the brand right which is the brand that we really want to go deep with snapchat on and then right. looking to really do something specific to that. Yeah, it's probably not Grand Hyatt, right? It's exactly. something else. And, and so, yeah, it's one of the things we've played around with in the, and again, we're in the early days of the Unbound collection. Um, but given, you know, as we were talking about earlier, it's really about this idea of, of storytelling and these amazing stories that sit behind the hotels. Video seems like a very good storytelling uh, vehicle. Snapchat is a very good video platform. Um, and so we, we've talked a lot about maybe maybe the Unbound Collection uh, by Hyatt is the the brand that we go deep with Snapchat on and really try and and, and kind of make a run at it. Um, I would say if you asked me this question again towards the back end of the year and I was giving you the same answer, I'd be disappointed in myself. You know, I'd, I'd hope by you know this time next year towards the end of, of 2016 that we've tested it somewhere that we've played with it. Um, and that could give you a much better answer about how it works when a brand really starts publishing content. Oh, we'll have you back on the show. We'll talk it through. Uh, hopefully with good news. <laughs> <laughs> well, if not, I mean, we learned as much about the bad news as the good news on this show. I think that's one of the things that, that makes this show different and makes this show interesting. Uh, same thing with your show, right? It's like, yeah, we, we obviously want to celebrate the successes, but sometimes the things that, that fall short are actually more educational for the listeners. Absolutely. And Dan, it's my guess that if we were sitting here 10 or 15 years ago, and we would be thinking that we would be talking about how um, our guests at Hyatt Hotels would be using these mobile devices that they hold in their hands, which can take real-time pictures and videos, um, how we would be using this technology to impact our, our business and our, our, our customer satisfaction numbers and things like that, it would be completely foreign. So, so my question for you is, as we kind of wrap up and get towards uh, Jay asking you the two big questions is, how did you kind of get here? I mean, in your, your, your career and, and what, what advice would you give for people who are kind of getting into the social media space right now and will be dealing kind of with these same types of questions and opportunities five or 10 years from now using technologies that we haven't even dreamt up yet? 
Yeah. And it's funny, Adam, because actually that's a question we always ask on the Focus on Customer Service podcast, understanding people's career paths to get into these jobs, because they're definitely, we're still at the point where there isn't an established career path. There's not a clear entry point and there's not a clear uh, off point as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, looking at the future. Um, so, so for me, um, so my background is actually digital marketing. Um, had a move to Hyatt uh, with a digital marketing role and kind of over time, um, the opportunity to, to work on social opened up and kind of jumped at it as a, as a growth opportunity. I think the, the skill sets that I think are important, um, you know, when I, when I talk to the people that I admire um, in social, which you know, definitely include the two of you, um, that the skill sets that I see that, that really stand out to me is, is twofold. One, I think you have to be a practitioner, right? You, you can't, you can't work in social unless you really try and live it. You know, yeah. you really have to be something on these platforms. You have to be trying them. Um, and then the second thing for me is you have to have a business head. You have to be able to take what's happening on Twitter right now. How are people not, not right now as in a what's trending on Twitter, but what's the consumer behavior that we're seeing on Twitter right now? And how do we get business value from it? And I feel like a lot of, a lot of people that, work in social lose that second bit they're focused on what's happening on twitter and how do we do cool stuff and they lose their their visibility into how do we drive business value from it and for me that's you know back back to your question adam about you know the technologies in 10 15 years time um how do you prepare someone to 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 have those conversations internally again i, I think you have to tell them to use them you know it's very hard to talk about Snapchat and how you can make it work for your business if you're not using it. Um, and I think you have to tell anyone who goes, you know, and whether you go client side or, or your agency side, you have to push to understand the actual business itself. You know, where, what matters for the business, what drives the business, what's going to be acceptable, what's not going to be acceptable, how do you get the business excited? And then having that kind of middle ground but between that, that platform and consumer behavior knowledge and that business head that can put it into, into terms and language that your leadership's really going to embrace. I think those are the two core like, skill sets that can basically prep you for a future that none of us know what it looks like. Now, I love the fact of that you mentioned those two things because I think you have to practice what you preach, but also you've got to keep that that business mindset and recognize that everything that we're doing, you know, costs money. Uh, it costs people, it costs talent, it costs technology, and for us to be able to go to our CMO or our chief communications officer or whomever we report to, we're going to have to show that demonstrable value. And it sounds like you're doing a a fantastic job of that uh, at Hyatt. We're trying. We're trying. <laughs> And I will say, by the way, I, that, that, that number doesn't always need to be a revenue number. You know, you just have to prove to, not prove, you have to state to the business what the business will get out of this in, in some sort of measurable term. Absolutely. I've always said, you know, CEOs care about two things. Uh, are you making me money? Or are you saving me money? So it's got to be one of those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no kidding. Dan, we're going to ask you the two questions that we ask everybody here on the Big Social Pros podcast. The first question is, what one tip would you give somebody looking to become a social pro? Whew, um, <laughs> I don't know if this is the best one, but it's the first one that jumps to mind, which is, yeah, really, I, I think social, it moves so quickly. Um, and, and with the two caveats I just shared about, you know, have the platform knowledge, have the business knowledge. I would say beyond that, one of the things that, that really has helped my team and I is a willingness to jump in. You know, we, we, you spend time up front, you know, at the start of each year or, you know, when you first start the company, really figuring out the strategy and, and what, what you stand for in the social space. 
And then when, when tactical opportunities present themselves, you have to run hard at them and, and not really overthink it. You have to be willing to, to roll up your sleeves, to jump in and willing to kind of look at the data, see if it's working. If it's working, how do you scale it? If it's not working, do you stop it? Do you iterate a little bit? Um, I know that's, that's a very fashionable startup-y type thing to say, but I really feel that in something like social where, again, from a traditional marketing perspective, you get so much benefit from first mover advantage. You just really need to be willing to, to, to run at stuff hard. And the people that I've seen in social, again, that, that I think do a good job, I found that the age, you know, be it, be it young or old, is no indication of success. Previous experience is no indication of success. The people that I think do it really well are the people that are just willing to do it. And, and again, don't like, think the strategy, don't overthink the tactics. I love that line. Think the strategy. Don't overthink the tactics. Well said. We'll pull that out as the big pull quote from the show. Last question for you, Mr. Dan Moriarty, Director of Social Strategy and Activation for Hyatt. If you could do a Skype call with any living person, who would it be and why? (laughs) So I don't think anyone's going to like this answer. Um, But actually, a few weeks ago, we were... Trump, 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 (laughs) Trump. Donald Donald Trump. Trump. Uh, no, the, so actually I was having this conversation a few weeks ago with friends, which was if you could be anyone for a day, who would you be? Um, and one of the things that, um, you know, when I'm not doing social and when I'm not hanging out with my kid, um, my, my passion is, is soccer. And I've always said, if I could be anyone for a day and if I could talk to anyone, it would be Lionel Messi. Um, just because I mean, for me to, to, to really understand what goes into that level of dedication to be that good. Uh, at what he does, you know, to 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 have been consistently the player that he's been for so long, I just feel like that's someone that not only would I really enjoy, but I'd learn a lot of applicable life life lessons from him. So maybe maybe is that the first time you've had a soccer player as an answer to that question? Uh, I think no. that might be our first. I'd have to check the database. We've got 200 shows, but I'm pretty yeah. sure that's our first soccer reference. So well done. And Messi's a fantastic choice. I, hey, I'd, I'd sit in on that call for sure, 100%. It would be good fun. And other than that, I'd have to say you too. So I'll tick that off my list. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Well, mission accomplished. <laughs> uh, we're done. Lionel yeah. Messi, now you can, there, and Adam Brown. That's right. We just dropped the mic. Six We've made it uh, full circle. Like a good night. <laughs> That's right. Dan, thanks so much for being on the show. We really appreciate you taking the time and sharing all your wisdom and uh, being so honest and uh, and transparent about the things that you are trying to achieve and are achieving uh, over there at Hyatt. We wish you nothing but the best. We'd love to have you back on and check in on some of these new things you're working on. Absolutely. And thanks, guys, for having me. And, and thanks for, for doing the good work that you guys both do in the industry as well. It's uh, It's definitely noted. Thank you. You bet. Folks, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, make sure that you... Go listen to the Focus on Customer Service podcast hosted by the Dans, Dan Moriarty and Dan Gingas from Humana. It's a great, great show. If you like social care, uh, you need to be downloading and listening to that show every single week. Uh, Adam, have a fantastic time uh, at South by. Uh, say hello to the president and Mrs. Obama. Uh, hopefully, they are they're not uh, shacking up on your couch. But if so, that would be an amazing I've story. I've got the inflatable mattress you know, ready for them. Yeah. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Please take good care of, uh, of Lauren Teague from Convince and Convert. We were down there. Until next week, I am Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. He is Adam Brown from Salesforce Marketing Cloud, and this has been Social Pros. 
Thanks for tuning in to Social Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to socialpros.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Social Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, Emma, Salesforce Marketing Cloud, and by Yext and is produced by Convince and Convert Media. Find more great shows like Social Pros at marketingpodcasts.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts.